Oh, are we on the air? Hundred fifty bucks. It was, it was a solid. This 4K is a monitor. really nice one. Damn. Yeah, because I finally got a nice computer. This on that, isn't part of the podcast. No, like on that case, like Actually, I just want to talk about it a little bit. I do want to start there. Yo, thank you, thank you, thank you to everybody out there. Welcome to episode 300 and motherfucking 20, y'all. I got a beautiful room with some beautiful ass people inside the room. We're going to go around the room and introduce ourselves. But today, um, I'm so humbled and I'm so excited to get into a new world that I am not accustomed to, that um, I'm learning a lot about. But my guy Evergold, and my guy Brian are here to definitely um, bestow some education on me and Nick today. So thank y'all. Cheers, cheers. To my guy. We already cheers. But we, we already drinking. We weren't filming. So we're, we're, uh, we're actually drinking on this episode. Uh, I'm going to start on my right-hand side. I got my guy, Eric. How we feeling, Brody? Doing good. How are you? Bro, chilling, man. My guy, thank you so much for joining me, man. Um, I can't wait to go inside of your world and find out what you, know, what you got going on. But before we do start, man, um, I just got to ask you one quick question. Um, what one word would you use to describe the style of photography that you do do? Damn, just one word. Uh, mid. We're going to keep it at mid. Then I'm going to pass the Dutch upon the left hand side of me to the man, Brian, Tuesday turned. Um, everybody knows you as Tuesday now, bro. Uh, everyone. I didn't know your name for the longest time. No, it's all good. Hey, I was filming downtown. Uh, oh, last Friday, I was just. Randomly riding my bike downtown filming, mm-hmm. and a kid yelled Tuesday at me like a stranger, basically. <laughs> that's so sick. Yo, shouts out to that kid, bro. <laughs> he, he was at the AZ Takeover ride out, so that's how he knew me. Uh-huh. But I was literally just riding my bike down the street because people call me Tuesday all the time, but it's people I know, right? Mm-hmm. And this kid was like, Tuesday, like in the middle of downtown. I was like, what? D- downtown famous. Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, that's, that's the sickest shit. I, I think between you and 40, you guys have like the best nicknames out here. <laughs> I, I will, yeah, bro. I double down on that. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Brian, so thank you so much for coming back inside the room with us, man. On the last episode that you were on, uh, we talked about nothing but bikes. We, uh, we dropped a lot of in, uh, information about bikes, but today we're not going down that realm. Uh, we are going down another realm, uh, a new hobby of yours, because uh, it's kind no, of a brand new. No, oh, would you call on, it? Okay. Uh, like, oh. Come on, bro. <laughs> would you I've call been it? I've shooting photos since like, I was 11 years old. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> I can't wait to dive into that as well, too, bro, because. It's all good. Uh, you're you're going to learn. I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> but um, what's one word, man, that you can describe your. Uh, Oh, come on, man. uh, uh, Your style as, man. Streets. Let's go! (laughs) The gutter bill. Always in the streets, yeah. I I love that. Since I was a little kid. Mm. Shouts out to you, my guy. And to the left-hand side of him, we got the man in full effect. What's up, everybody? Nation Entertainment. Well, (laughs) yes, uh, we... I'm going to make an announcement, yes. Mm -hmm. Nation Entertainment was... um, Was... We are actually going to be bringing that down for a while, and we are going to be revamping the uh, brand and mm-hmm. business. Uh, we will still be doing audio rental, 
Okay. I know that for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to keep some uh, equipment for that. Uh, but we will be getting into the realm of shirt printing. Let's go! Shouts out to that, man. Shouts out to Nick. So that's for... going to be a good new adventure. Um, so it's going to take the summer to uh, think about you know everything, um, all the type of branding that we want to do, what the name is going to be, how we're going to go about it. I already have some ideas who I want to talk to and bring in, as well as maybe some camera folk that we might want to talk to. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> <laughs> so there's going to be I different... what's going on here. I feel like I'm on a... <laughs> I feel like I'm on the casting just, couch now. Right? This is a setup. It's just my ideas. just my ideas flowing, you know? You know? Right. <laughs> I'll always be open to everything. It's... It is what it is. That's what it is. That's all. Nick is already thinking business. Shouts out to you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> now, Brian and Eric, my guy, um, I kind of want to um, dive into both of you guys, but I do want to start somewhere. Uh, Eric, I know my guy, uh, they call you Evergold, right? Um, now, I love that name. Uh, that's a very dope name to me. I am a person that loves a lot of monikers. AKAs are a huge thing to me, bro. Now, how did you get the name uh, Evergold? So that was something I came up while I was still doing bikes. So, like, I've had three real, like, prominent, at least, I guess, usernames mm-hmm. or just nicknames in my day. It was it was Local Goon when I first got started. That whole thing got a little messy, so I needed to disconnect from that when I got, like, officially sponsored by Unknown and started riding for them. They wanted me to clean up the whole image, so then became Push Pedals. Mm-hmm. So that was what everybody knew me as back when I was, like, 20 riding. Mm-hmm. But I was always wanting to change the name to Evergold because it's a play on Evergreen. So it's a little bit of a different way to stay, you know, stay forever gold. Yes, sir. Because gold doesn't tarnish. It doesn't, you know, doesn't stain. It doesn't scratch. And it doesn't rust. Mm-mm. I love that. Yo, um, I love people that have actual meanings behind their names. You know, a lot of people just be calling them, like themselves Lil something nowadays. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> There's no definition. New username Lil Gold. <laughs> Lil Gold. <laughs> We out here gang <laughs> No, Brian, my guy, you real, real quick. Uh-huh. Just because you said evergreen, was that is that like a 420 reference or no, 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 okay, just like a nature reference. Yeah, yeah, nature okay, reference, like it. the trees the way they're. I green. lived in Washington for like seven years, Washington State. So oh damn, I'm all about the nature. Oh yeah. Now I'm stuck in the desert because I uh, got someone pregnant. Oh. And ended up at the day. Hey, uh-huh. If any kids are listening, you want to hear my story, hit me up. <laughs> Such an outlaw. Strap bro. up. Strap up, kids. <laughs> Stay ready so you ain't got to get ready. So fast. Condoms are $7, you, diapers are 20 <laughs> Hell yes. Would it have bakes? Say, so like, true. So uh, true. He's like, do you know how much condoms were back in my day? He's like, I don't know. We never used them. <laughs> God bless Amazing. that, bro. Amazing. <laughs> so, my guy, um, you got into pho- or you started doing photography at the age of eleven. I feel uh, I'm sorry that I did not know that. Like, I feel bad for not even knowing that. How did you find that hobby, man? How did you get into it? What was your main um, like motivation behind it? All right, so yeah, I figured we'd probably start with history. Um, mm. My dad, shout out uh, Larry in San Antonio, Texas. Shout out Larry. Uh, he gave me my first camera. He was a really prolific photographer, and he had a dark room. So he gave me, I think it was a Nikon FM2, I think. But I had a lot of film cameras. Um, 
I had obviously an AE1, a Canon AE1. That's what a lot of people start out with. I had like a Nikon FG. Um, anyway, mm -hmm. I ended up getting really professional film cameras, uh, Nikon F100, and then a Nikon F5. That was my highest professional level film camera. Unfortunately, I don't have those cameras anymore. Um, one of them was stolen. Um, before we started recording, Eric was talking about his bag getting nabbed. I'll tell you a story about mine getting nabbed also later on. Um, and then I just had to sell one when times were tough and, you know, I was just wasn't using the camera as much anymore. So long story short, I don't have any film cameras. I know Eric still has a lot and huge props to him for that. I want to sure. get back into it someday, but it's just so expensive. I'm going to let him talk about film and uh, what it costs nowadays because I honestly don't know. I haven't had a film camera in over 10 years. Please, uh, let's talk about And what is a film camera in the first place, my guy, that no, um, if nobody knows what a film camera is? So like, if you didn't like know what a film camera was, <laughs> I'm honestly still in the process of learning and getting familiar with film itself just because mm -hmm. I've been into it maybe the last three or four months. Dope. But a uh, film camera just it uses a roll of 35 millimeter film negative for the most part. Mm -hmm. You expose it to sunlight on there and it prints your image pretty much onto there. Then you use chemicals and get it developed and it gets later. You can scan it and then it becomes digital that we all know and love now. That is, like before we had digital, we had that. Yeah, but the cool thing is that you can keep your negative rolls and then always have that image. Mm. You have a physical copy instead yeah. of a, a virtual copy. So yeah, it comes out physically before you ever get it, or able to get it virtually. I have folders of negatives that I That's need cool. to print someday. That, black and white <clears throat> and, so a black and white negative is a lot easier to process than a color, a color image. Um, usually when people have home dark rooms, it's black and white because you can, you take a canister mm -hmm. and uh, you have to do this in the dark because film is sensitive to light. So you mm -hmm. have to wind up the film out of your camera. It goes into the canister and then it's okay to be in the light and you take it into a dark room. You take the canister apart, mm -hmm. you wrap it around a spool Put the, put the top on, put the chemicals in, you shake it up, and then it has to go through a series of chemical processes. So I'm sure you've seen in movies and TV shows where they have the trays. Yeah. So you have to let your negatives dry, and then you cut them, you put them on an enlarger, which is a machine that shines the image down onto a piece of photographic paper. And then the, the paper has to go through a series of baths. And then you hang, you've seen, you've seen the images where the, the, the paper is hanging up with like a clothespin on a line. That's real shit. That's what we used to do. Damn. That's so cool to me. So it's real easy to do black and white in like a, a closet or a basement or mm -hmm. something like that. Color is much more um, difficult and expensive. Now, for colors, do you need more solution? Do you need more fluids to make that, you know, kind of pop? Yeah, I've actually never That's done color. I've done black and white a lot. Mm -hmm. I did it at my high school, and I did it um, at home. I used to have a, a dark room, but I've never done color before. It's it's like a whole different animal. Yeah, I got a couple of friends, one out here, one in, back in California, who developed color. They his images come out really good. I like him. Shout out Gold Sight Media, my buddy Andrew. Uh, I've seen his. Yeah, he he does really cool work on film. Mm -hmm. um, he processes color stuff himself. Yeah, he does oh, it all in his wow. bathtub. Yeah, he's cool. Do you know the process? <gasps> no, I don't. Okay. Not at all. But um, so gotta get him on. Lately, some speaking of pricing, though, I've been taking my stuff to like Phoenix Photo Lab, and I'll buy a roll for twenty four bucks. That just has, the film? Yeah, just the film. Twenty four dollars for a roll. 
of like Kodak See, it used gold. to be like three dollars when I was a kid. <laughs> shit. I wish. Fucking inflation. <laughs> so twenty four dollars for the roll. I shoot it. I only get thirty six exposures, and if I mess one up, then I got less. Uh, I'll go get it developed, and it comes out to about nineteen dollars. Just for the process. Just just for the processing and scan, and then I okay. get it back. And if I wanted them like printed or anything else, then it's more. What does the scan so come on? Uh, they send it to me through WeTransfer. Okay. So I get the digitals there. That's all I really care so back about. Back in the day, we got a CD. Oh, man. <laughs> With that uh, information well, on it. Well, before that, you wouldn't get anything. You would just get prints. You would get the negatives oh, and yeah. the prints. Uh, wow. So, yeah, so now you get it's... a little package, and it would have the negatives. They cut them into, like, either five or six. Mm-hmm. So it would have a sheet of negatives, a plastic sheet, and then the prints, obviously. And then if you wanted more prints, you could each negative has its own number. So you would tell them what number you wanted. You'd give them the negative back and tell them the number you wanted, the kind of paper you wanted on, the size you wanted, and every single, every single thing has a different price. So four by five, five by seven, eight by ten, mm-hmm. and then different kinds of paper are more expensive. There's like gloss uh, finish, museum, there's matte finish, there's like museum yeah. quality. You know what I mean? Wow, okay. That doesn't fade over time, stuff like that. So yeah, it's it's a crazy crazy world. So when I did the math, on average, it was like a between a dollar thirty and a dollar seventy per photo, and that's if you got it right. Ooh, okay. The worst one was my Polaroid. I have a cool cam from like 1980, the early 80s, mm-hmm. and I paid forty dollars for sixteen Polaroids. So oh my goodness! They come in packs of eight. It was forty something bucks plus shipping for for those two. And like, the regular Polaroid kind of frame They're, they're a little bit bigger size than the one that everybody has, that, like, little thin... The small ones. Oh, yes, yeah, sir. the small ones they get from, like, Target and stuff. Mm-hmm. But it's a little bit bigger than that, but I just like it because it's legitimately from the 80s. It's a Polaroid, right? Yeah. Now, now uh, he's talking about a film Polaroid, which has, like, emulsion. The light hits it, and it's actually exposed. They have digital Polaroids now that mm-hmm. are completely different. It's taking a digital image, and it's printing on digital paper. That's completely different. He's talking about a real Polaroid. And I want to just emphasize to anyone listening mm-hmm. the, the, the cost that Eric just mentioned. And can you repeat it one more time? For a roll of 36, how much is each image? Uh, about a dollar thirty to a dollar seventy okay, per so photo. Just say a dollar fifty. That's the photos that come out. If you take a roll of 36, you're probably going to have anywhere between five and 10 photos that you don't even care about. So yeah, just loading the film, you lose like one or two frames. If you ruin the settings on one of them because you forget what uh, ASA speed the film is, that's another thing. So with our digital cameras, we have variable ISO, so we can change the lighting, blow it out, we can make it really dark. Uh, On that, it's based on what the film is. So if you buy an 800 ASA rated film, like 800 speed, that's better for like low light nighttime, evening kind of stuff but if you buy one that's at 100 that's better for daylight okay like the lower the asa number the i think what is it lower the lower sensitivity to light or higher so, so but you have to have the right lower lower you just you kind of once you put the film in you kind of just have to remember what you're what you're shooting what you're okay now that is my kind of like where i'm kind of hitting the nail on the head y'all was there a lot of room for error at those times where a lot of people were transferring things in the dark because per- 
I don't think I can put something together in the dark, my guy. <laughs> it's all I'm trying to say. Like, oh, just, I lost, I uh, lost like half rolls of film because I didn't wind it around that spool correctly. Uh, oh man! So when you put the film in the spool, it has to wind around, and the film can't be touching itself as it winds around. Mm-hmm. If it touches itself, the chemicals don't expose those areas properly. So yeah, I, I, there was several times when I was learning in high school where I lost like half a roll of film. Damn, man. <laughs> and can you imagine, like, I'm talking to the old people here. <laughs> can you imagine those memories that were lost? That's what I was just thinking yeah. about, too. Like, you you will never know what you shot yeah. on those. Like, even now, I wait, like, a month and a half, and I forget completely what's on my roll. What's on there? Yeah. Um, I yeah, because you don't have to shoot. For those who don't know, when you insert a roll of film in your camera, mm-hmm. you can leave it in there for two years if you don't fill... You know, he said 36, but there used to be rolls of 24 also. There is still 24s, but 36, I think it's just more common now because yeah. more people want more photos. Mm-hmm. I bought a roll of experimental film in from a store called Relics in Long Beach. Mm-hmm. So it's called Psychedelic Blues, and these are just images from there. That's real film? Yeah, this is, oh, this wow. is, a, this Here, is a film I on, shot this. I shot all of these on my, was it Ricoh Singlex TLS? Oh, oh, that's so nice. So it has all these crazy effects on there. Now, these are, there's filters that do this digitally nowadays, but... But it's so cool to get this all organically. Yeah. And that, that's this so is, cool. I, I can't stress enough that this is something tangible that you can hold. Obviously, he's showing us on his phone. Mm-hmm. Dang, I should have brought some actual photos. I would I love even, to see that. I didn't even think about it. I would love to see that. That's um, so cool. But when you have, I'll have to just send you something. Maybe you can edit it in. And put it in there. Mm. But, uh... Yeah, so I want to go back to the history real fast because, um, yeah, my dad got me into photography. And uh, so you have to imagine back in the day. So I went to high school in the 90s. And you have to imagine how expensive this was even back then, especially for kids who didn't have a lot of money. Like all my all my money went to music and skateboarding, mm-hmm. all my extra money. So... I wish I could go back in time and put more money into photography, you know? I I literally have, like, two boxes full of negatives and photo prints. And um, so, long story short, a lot of people weren't shooting photos back then. Mm -hmm. You can imagine you had to carry around this heavy camera. You had to load it with film. You didn't know if what you were shooting was going to come out. There There was and still is with people shooting film. You don't know what you're getting. If you're a really good photographer, you have a good idea of what's going to come out on those images. You have your ISO set right. You have your shutter speed set right. You have your aperture set right. And we'll talk about these settings in just a second. Please. Um, But there's so many variables to getting a good image. Mm -hmm. It can be too bright. It can be too dark. Just like with a a digital DSLR. Um, So you can imagine back in the day, us kids, we didn't have a lot of money. A lot of people weren't investing into photography. Mm-hmm. So what I'm getting at is I was one of the few. I grew up in Austin, Texas. And um, unfortunately, we have a lot of, uh, we've had a lot of homies passing away lately. Mm-hmm. So, you know, not, not to be a downer or anything, but every time one of my homies passes away, I get hit up from like 100 people. Like, hey, I remember this one time, uh, me and Dave, I remember this photo of me and Dave that you had a long time ago. Do you still have that? And it's like, it, it gets me, man, like for real. Like, That's true. Because a lot of people weren't shooting photos back then. I was oh, one of the yeah. only people, yeah, in my city 
especially in the skate culture. So, mm-hmm. um, I have a lot of photos of, of the guys, um, that I grew up with in Austin skating and that's love, just right? hanging out. Yeah. So nowadays, um, you know, everyone has a digital camera. They're mm-hmm. so good nowadays. I can't imagine kids growing up like my kid's 11 and I probably have, you know, at least 5,000 images of her and at least a thousand videos. You know what I mean? That's like so cool. at least that, that's like a very, um, minimal know, amount yeah, exactly. <laughs> on the low end. So, so when we're talking about this stuff, anyone interested in photography and interested in, in the past, you have to really try and understand what I'm talking about. Because to me, I'm really passionate about it, which is why I asked Eric to come on. Cause and it's cool talking to you because we got into it in opposite orders. Like I started out shooting digitally first, mm-hmm. and then I built my respect for film cameras and film photography, which like it terrified me going into it because I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. All I know is my digital settings. I can apply that to here to try to get a good image. Mm-hmm. And like, luckily, every role that the I've developed... The concepts are the same. Yeah. It's, luckily, okay. every role that I've had developed so far has come back great. Except wow. for maybe one, like, 800 speed. You're really lucky. Yeah, I've been really like I've had. So your some, camera has a dial where you set the ISO, right? Yeah, some of them, some old cameras didn't even have that. So yeah, I have I have cameras all the way from 1919 up until 2017. Woo! Yeah, that's my oldest one. Oh, my man. Now. Um, so real quick to explain what he's talking about, please. Yes. On the top of the camera. There will be a dial where you set the f- the film speed, mm-hmm. which is the ISO. So 50, 100, 200, 400, 800, 1600, those are the most common. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to be shooting at nighttime, you want a 1600 speed film. If you're going to be shooting in broad daylight, you want 50 or 100 speed film. It's going to be more it's going to be richer and more vibrant. Okay. Um, and then the 1600 is very sensitive to light, like he was talking about. Mm-hmm. So you're going to be able to capture low light situations, right? Dope. So the camera, even though it's a mechanical piece of equipment, mm-hmm. there's, there's, uh, it, it takes a battery. So obviously there's not a computer inside of it, but there's something in there where you set that dial. You say it's 800 speed. Mm-hmm. So because it, it has a light meter, which is something we haven't talked about yet. One of the most important parts of shooting film is having a light meter. It, it's so funny you talk about the light meter because on every single camera that I have, the light meter either it is either doesn't have one or the light meter's broken. My God. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. none of mine work, and I'm just guessing. So you have a manual. You have a handheld one. So I shot these, this set of images on my Pentax K1000. Look at how rich it is. And even, so these are all... Even once it's transferred to digital... So yeah, when they're transferring hey, hold digital, on, hold on. I gotta get a yeah, picture. Yeah, but that. The, that was the bluest of the blue. Like that first picture. Oh, yeah. So th- this was the most surprising role for me because these were all film. This is probably my favorite image oh, from there. Oh my god, bro! This is too blown out on here, but yeah, you'll just have but to yeah, take But yeah, these were all us. of that. I think that one was my favorite one because there's a lot of detail that comes out in film, really surprisingly to me. So, and so I duplicated some of these shots digitally too, just to see the difference. Like I have one of those that I shot with my Sony. Yeah. So but it's so cool so l- film is more forgiving than digital as mm-hmm. far as light sensitivity so if you have an overexposed which means it's too bright mm-hmm. or an underexposed which means it's too dark if you have an overexposed or underexposed digital image it's harder to get back what you want in a computer than it is with film i don't know why i don't know the science behind it mm-hmm. but an overexposed negative or so with film, there's a negative, which is a negative image, or there's a slide film, which is actually a positive image. Okay. But if it's overexposed or underexposed, 
it's easier to get those details back on film. I don't know why. Hmm. It's like there's there's actually more data ca- contained in the emulsion on the film than what the digital eye can see. I don't. Yeah, I'm learning that right now too. I just I know trying to recover digital images is a pain if they're under or overexposed, mm-hmm. but I haven't even messed with film or even thought of that concept as far as that goes. Yeah, because you're having a lab do it all for you. Yeah, yeah, they're doing yeah, so it. So when all. you have a dark room, you can. Uh, I'd like to start. I'm gonna be how to I'm do gonna it sound myself. so old here. Like no one's even <laughs> known talking about. Drop it, right? <laughs> so I might. I might. Uh, yeah. so, <laughs> I did some film uh, stuff in high school. Too. In high yeah. school, too? we're gonna get to y'all's yeah. history in just a I, second. I like to yeah. So <laughs> before I forget, there's dodging and burning, which uh-huh. Photoshop has mm-hmm. taken those terms, mm-hmm. but it came from film. So dodging and burning is is making certain parts of the image lighter and darker. So imagine you have a in a larger, the negative goes in the larger up here. Mm-hmm. It projects light down onto the the film. I'm sorry, the film is up here. Mm-hmm. The negative up here, the the processed film. Um, the paper, the photo, the paper down here for the print. We would take little tiny, like a popsicle stick with mm-hmm. a piece of paper. Mm-hmm. If there was like one area that was too bright, and we would like we would like dodge it like this. Or burn, uh-huh. you want it to be brighter, it would be the opposite. You know, like if there was an area over here that was too light, uh-huh. you'd block off the light over here. It's called dodging and burning. And now, you, you know, you can do that in Photoshop. But I want to go back to the light meter real fast uh-huh. because when we're talking about film, one of the most important things um, that's going to determine the result is the light meter. And like Eric was saying, some of his cameras either don't have one or it's broken. So most cameras had a light meter built in. Mm-hmm. Some of them were great. Some of them were crappy. They also have a handheld light meter. So if you've ever seen a professional photographer with this little instrument in his hand. I did see With it. like a little bulb on it. Mm-hmm. He's checking the light in the room. Hmm. So you set the ISO. Mm-hmm. You set the shutter speed and the aperture, which we'll get into in just a second. Mm-hmm. And it'll, or you set like two of the variables and it'll tell you what the third one should be. So if you tell it the, the shutter, the ISO and the shutter speed, it'll tell you what aperture it should be. And if you know your camera really well and you're like, okay, in this situation, my photos are always a little underexposed. So I need to open up the aperture a little bit more. Mm -hmm. So you start to learn your cameras and you start to learn the light meter and you know, it's trial and error, which is very expensive. Oh yeah, I ba- I barely learned one of the rule of thumbs for like, um, for film photography, which is like sunny sixteen. That was like mm. barely introduced to me because if it's sunny out, you want your aperture about sixteen, mm. so you but can get a decent. If you want to get creative and you want a wider aperture mm-hmm. to blur out the background. Now, what is the aperture, my guy? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Before I get into that, I want to hear y'all's histories with cameras. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I did some film uh, in, in high school. Did, didn't you do? Bro, yeah. So um, I got into the high. Um, so I don't know how I got into we're the highest like, class of photography. Like five years ago here? Bro, yeah. <laughs> I wish my guy. Man, uh, I'm turning 33 next week. <laughs> but, 13 uh, years from me. Our school had a um, IB program, bro. So um, it was like for all the smart kids. So like all, so like it's like 
all um so all the gifted children that like that like that are just super whiz kids um all had a program at our school and like they all hung out together international baccalaureans Uh, program so and uh so but their names were technically ib kids nothing but nerdy kids that were just bro into like textbooks and just learning about things and roller backpacks roller for real (laughs) so these niggas were rolling around with their roller back so i never um i never dwelled with them because like a but they were the hardy partying kids because they had the drugs on deck because like every single one of them had problems <laughs> i mean you need the coat to stay up on those on those grades 100 <laughs> percent. you can't lie about that and second bro um i never went into photography like the um i went into ceramics um i got more into ceramics and i took one photography class in my fucking high school existence it was digital photography huh uh, no um it was um the, oh, fo- the, the but um but i didn't do that my own uh, twisting, bro. Um, I, I had homegirls in there. Yeah. When he was, when he was talking film? about the dark. Thing. Yeah. So, so my guy. So we use film, but I think my IB class she taught me a lot in there. Um, so like we learned um, actual putting like the thing on there, bro. Um, was it called a fixer? When you put it in the side of a thing and it's one of the chemicals. Yeah, yeah, yes. And um, uh, but she would make us write a two-page essay about this, like about a picture. So every two weeks we would turn in a main picture. And then write a two-page essay on why so we chose that like picture. The theoretical steps on how to do it, but uh, you didn't actually do really it. Really, did not wow. do it. Yeah, bro. So like, it was, oh, uh, it was more of a like school that. vibe. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I had it the was all about the process. essays, pretty much at that point. Yes, sir. Yeah, I had the I hands-on brought... process where we actually had to load our film into the camera, mm-hmm. went out to take the pictures, doing the different apertures, settings, hitting those, you know, blur out the background, focus on your main subject, whatever. And then taking it to the dark room, learning the That's the sick. spinner canister thing. What, what year and what city was this? I was. It was uh, two thousand <laughs> two thousand seven or two thousand eight that I did it. I was at North LA? High School. No, I two, I I graduated two thousand ten. Yes, sir. You this were oh eight. Yes, yeah, Phoenix. Oh, yeah. yeah, at North That's High School. Sick that they did that. So. Yeah, bro. Facts. Um, I think our school was like the main inner city school at that time, man. And um, a y'all lot- went to school together. Yeah, bro. Yeah. What? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yes, sir. I I've watched at least twenty of your podcasts, and you guys never mentioned that. But yeah. my god, yeah, we actually met in high school. Yeah. <laughs> Shouts out to North, bro. Um, so my- I'm gonna have to talk to you to get dirt on Ali. <laughs> I would say he's pretty much one of my main mentors. He was one of my yes, idols, sir. and you know. If you want a little right bit of dirt, there's time. very little bit of dirt that I have that, a little bit of dirt. that, that hasn't already been exposed already. <laughs> oh my god! If you haven't gone back and looked at Ali's YouTube videos, if you want to, if you, you want to laugh really hard at little Ali, oh shit, <laughs> bro, I swear just to go, god. just go back. It's all cataloged there for you on YouTube. <laughs> Shout out your YouTube real quick. Yo, it's a uh, low main is I L O W M E I N I S I. Watch it's it. <laughs> so innocent <laughs> brian put up uh i had a video bro i did my um i i actually held my breath for a minute i was like man i, oh, I, 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 I need to go on youtube it's just a, it's just <laughs> it's just it's a video that's, that's a hard. minute one second <laughs> the extra hard. one second is the <gasps> <laughs> oh my god bro. did y'all smoke tonight yes sir okay. i didn't okay yeah. And one of the main things, or like one of the dopest things, is like that. Like it was the very first video, not even that type of hard. And Brian takes a screenshot of it. He's like, "Hmm, first video, huh?" (laughs) 
It's because I was dying. I mean, like, I had I had dying. a YouTube channel that like I used to post all my bike clips on, and mm-hmm. like since then I've stopped. But recently, with photography, I kind of want to take a little bit of a step back from doing just stills and portraits and everything. I want to get a little bit more video focused because I want to start uploading back on YouTube again. Dope, man. Um, that's my next question for uh, both you guys. Uh, do you guys like shooting? And I know that I'm using the wrong or using that reference very loosely here. Do you guys like shooting people or like shooting um, environments more? Cars. <laughs> Cars won't tell me that they look fat. Cars won't ask me to Photoshop them bigger or smaller. So it just sits there and looks pretty. I love that. And now, yeah. Eric. That's very true because um, I, I see a lot of females nowadays probably asking for a lot of Photoshop to be going down with their pictures. I've been asked everything under the sun. Oh my God. <laughs> I used to have a side hustle. Um, photography was never my main job, but um, I made a lot of money doing photography. So I actually have a website. Not a lot of people know this. It's 602pix.com. Dang. But, I did not know this. But it's, it's barren. Mm-hmm. You could go there and I just have like one photo for each category. I used to have a different website. It's a long story. Um, I'm not trying to even plug it or anything like that. You can plug the OnlyFans if you need to. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Just my YouTube and Instagram. <laughs> At Tuesday's turn. <laughs> um, but yeah, so long story short, I used to make decent money doing photography. Obviously, Ollie didn't know this because yeah. he thought I was new in the photography world. Oh, real, bro. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I used to make quite a bit of money. Um so most of the photography that I, I made I made some loot with was uh, family family portraits. Nice. So what I would do is um, I always had an off-camera flash and an umbrella. Mm-hmm. I never did a softbox. Have you ever shot with softboxes? I have. I like umbrellas a little bit better. The softboxes have – I think the softboxes are better. So it's a box that the flash goes in, and mm-hmm. it diffuses the light. Hmm. But softboxes are heavy. They're big. And um, umbrellas are just real easy to set up. The only thing is if it's windy, it'll just take oh, that yeah. thing over. So okay. I used to actually have uh, sandbags that I would take with me on these shoots. Down. Yeah, they had rocks in them. So I would have a stand with an umbrella and my flash would be on there. And then I would put these bags over the, you know, the little tripod legs mm-hmm. so that the, it wouldn't. I had some, so I, sometimes I was shooting on windy days and it would literally buckle the umbrella. Damn. Because of the sandbags. Anyway, so yeah, uh, I don't even know how we got on this subject, but uh, family portraits. Yeah, family uh, portraits. I shot softbox. Because oh, you were talking about photoshopping. Oh, okay, okay. I can concur. Uh, that was my main kind of you know gripe with shooting uh, por- portraits, mm-hmm. whether it's a man, a woman, or a family. Uh, obviously not kids, but I would. So what I would usually do is this was this was about probably 10 years ago. I don't do this anymore, but what I would do is I'd go out with the family. My, and I want to ask Eric about this cause he's a professional photographer, but what I did was my price included two hours and like 10 edits. Okay. So I would go out with the family. We would usually only shoot for about an hour, hour and a half, sometimes two hours. Cause that's what I promised them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would mostly shoot at sunset. So, you know, usually you would run out of time before it was, before I hit two hours. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would explain all this to them before we started the shoot. You know, when I was, I, I never did actual contracts, mm-hmm. but I would do emails where everything was, you know, agreed upon. Mm-hmm. So we would go out, we'd shoot the photos. 
I would go home, I would put them all on a disc or a USB thumb drive, mm-hmm. and I would edit like 10 of the best ones. And then I would give them, sometimes I would give them the opportunity to pick their 10 that they wanted me to edit or whatever. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it was a nightmare. You know, yeah, like I they weren't happy with their wrinkles or whatever. So yeah, go ahead. They, they never that. are. So mm-hmm. one big thing about the way I shoot in particular is I like to keep everything as real as possible. Like I don't like to shoot this crazy, super warm style. Every photographer's got their own style, obviously, but mm-hmm. I like to just think of it as an enhanced version of what you'd see with your eyes. So I get a lot of people asking, can you make me smaller? Can you make me do this? Can you take this away? The only thing I'll clear up is acne and scars. Mm-hmm. I will clear those up for people all day long, but I've had people say, can you make my boobs look bigger or smaller? Can mm-hmm. you, I've had that. Yeah. Can you make me look taller? Can you do this and that? Like there's things you can do with angles. Like I shoot shorter people a little lower just to make them seem a little bit taller. If somebody's tall and insecure about it, I'll shoot them higher. So they look a little shorter, mm-hmm. but it's all just things that'll complement the way they look. Not anything. I'm not going to, go and put fucking a 4PF chain on you. Like <laughs> I'm not going to Photoshop you in with yeah. little baby right there <laughs> well, even at just the like, Super Bowl. <laughs> like even just like the most common ones I got was. There it is. It's already ended. There, there, the GoPro. The, with the GoPro. You can use that one if you want. My guy. Yes, sir. Please. I have. Oh, and I have one extra battery if you Dude, want it. My guy. Yes, sir. It's in that little bag right there, Nick. Mika? Speaking of the bag, we can like. I want to pop out. Yeah. I yes, brought, sir. I brought three cameras Let's, with me. Can we pause? I want to get a drink and yes. go to the bathroom. Just Let's pause. Okay, I do need to go to the bathroom too. The little tab right here. This is for your winder. So when you're done with it, you kind of wind your film back. You pull it up when you're ready to pop it out. The little door will open. You can see right here. It'll advance the film and open when you take so you, a photo. You put the film canister in here, and then the film or the oh, film yeah, canister. The in canister here. goes here, and it loads onto these little teeth. Yeah. So, so that, that way, that when you... The first part of the film is no good because it, the light, it'll just be, you know, bright white, basically. It's I'll like make the shutter slow so you okay. can see it open, too. Yeah, that's, that's the shutter. Oh, that's so cool. So whatever he has it set at, like, a thousandth of a second or whatever. I think the timer on this thing still works, too, if it had one. Or no, that's my other one. Got another one with a timer on it. And if you make the shutter a whole lot faster, it closes a lot faster. So, are you recording on the mics? Uh, yes. Okay. Now I am. Okay. So now's a good time to talk about film settings. So obviously, so this is the film speed here, and it's funny. I was talking about sixteen hundred earlier because this camera only goes to a thousand. So when I was shooting a lot of skateboarding in the nineties, mm-hmm. I would shoot with sixteen hundred speed film a lot. Is that your GoPro? I'm okay. trying to turn it back on. So, like, if I had 1600 speed film in here, I would have to know this camera doesn't go up to 1600, so I'd have to manually adjust for that. Like, in my brain, I would have to figure out it would need to go, like, at a higher shutter speed or a slower shutter speed. At that time, that's... Now, when did this camera first come out? Uh, I believe the early 80s. The early... Okay. Wow. For this camera. So... But anyway, back to settings. Mm-hmm. So you put your film in, and the first thing you would do is set the film speed here, which is ISO on a digital camera. The on thing. the earlier cameras, it comes out as ASA. Or wow. ASA, yeah. <laughs> and then, so the light meter inside the camera would tell you, yeah, you, know, like, you would set the aperture, which is here. 
on this inside ring. Mm -hmm. So 1.7 is obviously very shallow that you're going to let a lot more light in that's exposed to it. Okay. If it's a little bit brighter outside, you go to something like 16 or 22, whatever your camera will go up to. Then you have the focus ring outside of here, which mm -hmm. rotates and lets you focus on whatever you're trying to shoot. Now, um, uh, is the focus ring more on like depth, man? Like, is it watching the perception of like depth? Yeah, it's, it's depth. watching the perception. So if I'm trying to focus on the backpack, I'll turn it to something right in the middle. Okay. So if you see now, if you look through right there, the backpack will be in focus. You can play with the ring too, and it'll go out of focus. Oh, that makes it okay. So, like, but you can choose what to. Yeah, you got to find it. On. Okay. So, can you choose sh shutter speed on this camera? Yeah, yeah. Shutter speed goes up to a thousand. You just turn that dial. Okay. To change the. Oh, so this ISO. is shutter speed. Yeah, ISO. ISO for this one, you're gonna raise this ring. Oh God. Gotcha. And turn it on that okay. inside dial. Oh yeah, I see it there. Yeah. And then you have your photo count right there, how many exposures you have left. So, for example, once you start to learn your camera, how I was talking earlier, mm -hmm. if it's telling you, uh, okay, at this, at this ISO mm -hmm. and this aperture, this is what your shutter speed needs to be. Mm -hmm. But let's say you're shooting action, basketball, football, skateboarding, whatever it is. You're gonna know in your head. I need to be. I need the shutter to be a little faster than normal, to capture that action. Okay. So those are things you learn about your camera over time. So if, if your subject is moving faster, you yeah. just need to catch it at a more faster rate. Okay. It's the same with DSLRs nowadays. Digital uh, SLRs, single lens reflex. Single lens reflex. Reflex. So it's the same with digital SLRs, and it's the same with video. Um, Video is a whole nother beast, but when you're yeah, shooting Yeah, I video, haven't even got into this yeah. yet. This is operational, but I've never used it myself to actually film anything. Now, this, what do you even yeah. call this, man? Yeah. This is a Kodak Super 8 camera. That looks so cool. So I personally don't know a whole lot about it. Mm -hmm. This was a gift to me. But is this a light? Like, I've never known these that's, right here. It's That's probably the light meter. Oh, you know what? Yeah, that might be the light meter. So that's where it's... It's reading how much light is in, in front of the camera, basically. Okay. So instead of being able to shoot, I have wide angle, normal, and telephoto. That's how I, that's how I change all my focal oh range my right God. there. And when you look through the viewfinder, there's three separate squares. Okay. And you just got to know which one you're at. So if you're all the way out, obviously you're at the widest. Okay. But yeah, you'll see that there. Now, is this how they used to record a lot of videos back in the days where, like... Yeah, um, before any kind of other... Video camera, this is mm -hmm. what we had, like home video. You start that at night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. those green levels aren't, aren't moving that much. Oh my god. And it sounds like the old, good old shutter. Yeah. That is so cool. So that's the motor moving the film through at 24 frames a second mm -hmm. because old film cameras would shoot 24 frames a second. That so is that's crazy. Yeah, so when you have a digital video camera nowadays, mm -hmm. you have different frame rates. 24 frames a second is going to give you the most cinema the most cinematographic. It's going to look kind of like a movie. It's going to have a movie effect, like a film effect. Mm. But most cameras nowadays are shooting at 30 frames or 60 frames a second, which is going to um, give sharper images for motion. Makes 
sense. Yeah, okay. and then you can do also 120 frames a second, mm -hmm. and then you can have super slow motion, 240 and stuff like that. Oh, uh, for like all the good old classic like uh, skateboarding videos that you want to exactly. show skills on. Okay, that's Mo cool. Most sports photographers who are shooting video are shooting at 60 frames a second. Mm. If you have a really expensive camera and you know you're going to be doing a lot of slow motion, you're going to be shooting at 120 frames a second. Okay. The average person, like the average cell phone, is going to be 30 frames a second. Yeah, they're at 30. I know some of the newer iPhones go up to 60. Yeah. A lot of cameras do 60 nowadays. But you don't need to In shoot. In our phones. Wow. <laughs> yeah. You don't need to shoot at 60 mm -hmm. if you're not doing any motion. Okay. So, um, and if you want it to look more, uh, have more of a film look or more of a movie look, mm -hmm. you'll shoot at 24 frames a second. You can also shoot at 30 and then edit at 24, which is a whole different topic. We won't even get into that because we don't have enough time. <laughs> but uh, it's can still... I see your film camera one more time? Yeah, dude. That one or the Pentax? No, the, yeah, the Pentax. Oh, it's right there. So, well, yeah. here you go. You hold it. I want to just get a close-up of the aperture. Can you explain to them how aperture works? Please. So, your aperture is going to be... It goes from typically one point something to about 22, 22 being as closed off as you can. So it lets the least amount of light in, but you get the focus from all of your background. So if you're shooting a cityscape, you're going to get everything from the foreground to the background. Mm -hmm. But if you're at something closed off like a 1.7, then I'm just going to only get you right here in front of me. All the rest of the background will be blurred around you. Cool. Okay. So that's the shallower depth of field. And over here, if I want to get a lot more detail, I'll go up to that. Okay. And depth of field is a side effect to how much, to how open the lens is. Mm -hmm. So do you mind taking that lens off and showing them? Yep. So when he says 1.8 or, you know, like 1.4, 1.8, 2.0 or 2.8, those that? are like more expensive lenses that let a lot of light in. Mm -hmm. um, sorry, no, the lens, the actual lens. Oh, 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 oh. yeah. So I'm gonna try and I'm gonna see if we can see how much light is coming through. So what is it at now? Like 22? It's at about. What are we at? Yeah, we're at 22. So you so can see it's not letting a whole light, whole lot yep. of light, and you it's see really how small off. that little hole is. Mm. And now if I no 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 just, open it up. I'm trying to do it without the actual camera, camera oh, being. Oh, there yeah, we go. Yeah, there it goes. And now it's a whole lot wider. So you can't really tell. Let me try and film it while you move it. Yeah, there you yep, go. You can see it moving. Oh, oh wow. Yeah. So, yeah, if you want to look through there. So, oh, you can add. Whoa. So, you okay. see when it opens up, it's letting more light in, mm -hmm. which means you can shoot in darker situations. But when, when it's open like that, mm -hmm. everything gets blurrier easier, which is the depth of field he's talking about. Mm -hmm. You can still focus in on one little area, but everything else is kind of blurry in the background, which a lot of people like that effect, right? Mm -hmm. But the thing about that is, is it's easier for images to be blurry overall. So, so it, yeah, go ahead. So to show you on the digital, that way it's easier to change. Yes, sir. So if you see the beer right there, mm -hmm. that's just what's in focus. It's just the beer. Everything else around it is out of focus. Mm -hmm. If I go up to F, let's say F13, and I go back, I'm getting a lot more of the chair. I'm getting the keys and everything else in the background, everything too. Everything on it. Okay. Wow. So, if um, 
if I'm less light in, okay, it's gonna be a sharper image. Now, now you would only use that at night times, right? Because um, I can see that going horribly wrong with like the sun. Because no, no, okay, wow, okay. You just have to counterbalance it with your other settings. So like shutter mm-hmm. speed or your ISO, or <clears throat> something which I have in my camera bag. Yes, sir. Please show us. Which is an ND filter. Do you ever use ND filters? So I thought I went and bought one, and it turns out I bought a UV filter, <laughs> which is no tint in it at all. Yeah. It's just a clear filter that protects from, like, some UV rays. It's kind of the... Yeah, it protects the lens, and it... Um, yeah, it's all, that's the best thing it's used good for. I use them, too. So now's a good day to do... Uh, not a day. Now's a good time to do a... What do they call that? Like a bag check. Oh, bag. Yeah. <laughs> this is my camera bag. So this is my camera bag that I use all the time. Uh-huh. I didn't look in here. I didn't put anything extra in here. Mm-hmm. This is how I always carry my camera. So this main compartment here, I have my camera, which is a... Uh, oh, that's double protected. Yeah. That's cool. Which is always Sony use A7C. protection. <laughs> yes, sir. This is just a DSLR um, ND filter. Actually, I don't have with me. Now that I think about it, it's in a different bag, and I only bring it on certain situations. Dang it. Now, what is an ND filter, for, man, for people like me? <laughs> okay, so an ND filter is um, its basically like a gray or almost black filter that goes on the front of your lens. Mm-hmm. And what that allows you to do is shoot in daylight, mm-hmm. but it allows you to open up that aperture mm-hmm. um, so that you can have a blurry background. Because okay. most people like that creamy, blurry background. Mm-hmm. But if you're shooting in, in daylight, you can't open up your lens all the way. It's letting too much light in, even with a fast shutter speed. So you use an ND filter. And there's, there's ND filters that are set at a certain darkness. Mm-hmm. And there's variable ND filters. Mm-hmm. Variable ND filters have a ring on them. And when you turn it, it gets darker and darker and darker until it's black. So, yeah, I, I don't want to get too into it because it's yeah. really technical. But when I shoot video during the daylight, mm-hmm. I always have an ND filter on my camera. It's essentially like sunglasses for your lens. Exactly. Okay. Thank you. Yes. But ND also stands for neutral density. Ooh. Of that, I still don't really know too much. Uh, what is- <laughs> sunglasses you for that. your lens. Yes. <laughs> so That's real made- quick, back check. Back check. I've got my camera. I've got these uh, little LED lights. Mm-hmm. Are those um, the NAND lights? I don't know. They're just. I think they are. Yeah, they are. Yeah, I mean, the company see. says VGene. They're just. Uh, nice. They have not only brightness settings, but they also have color temperature settings. And this, you know, we were talking about soft boxes earlier. Mm-hmm. This acts kind of like a soft box or a diffuser, this right here. It makes the light softer, basically. It's okay. It just kind of spreads it out more. So, you know, like if you put, if you point it right at your face, it's going to just blow out all the highlights of yeah. your face. Mm-hmm. If you hold it a little further away, to spread it out more to evenly light whatever you're trying to light up. So, I don't have any zoom lenses. Mm-hmm. I, I want to get a... So, professional zoom lenses are really expensive. So, I have... These are called prime lenses. You can't zoom in and zoom out. It's mm-hmm. just a fixed focal length. Prime gang. Yeah. This is a 24... And then in here, I have a 50. 24. Yeah, I'm not going to get them out. And then I have the same 85 that, that Eric had. Actually, this is the 50, and that's, uh, this is the 85. Anyway, um, this is what I wanted to show you. If you ever want to rent your 24 to me, let me know. Oh, yeah, you can buy it. 
Now, um, um, I'm going to ask y'all a question right after about lenses. Cause we need no, go ahead. Uh, we can stay on lenses. No, because my, like, uh, my main question, man, is are we changing lenses for more zooming or, um, like, or just lenses just kind of change the whole game up? It'll, it, it depends. Like, I change my lenses just to change the feel of what I'm getting. Most For the most part, I shoot with an 85 just because I like how punched in it gets. Like, I'll be really zoomed in on pretty much whatever's in that table 10 feet away, mm-hmm. and I'll get a whole lot of detail of things that are really far away. So if I want to get a full body shot of somebody, I can get details from head to toe mm-hmm. at a lot crispier of a rate. Like, I can focus on just that person in particular, not so much the city background around them yeah. or whatever's surrounding them. I like that. But if I want to get a group of people or a lot of people or a car or something else, I'll use a little bit wider lens. Nice. Okay. So the the more zoomed in you are, the higher up you go in millimeters. Okay. So 85 is pretty zoomed in. Um, something like a 24 is going to be really wide. So you want to get like a group of people if you're doing a couple shoot, a wedding, something where the scenery is involved. The whole kind of um, – okay. Dope. Yeah. If you – on my YouTube page, if you've seen any of my bike videos where I'm following people around mm-hmm. – I'm always shooting with this 24 millimeter lens. And the reason is, is because, so my 50 millimeter lens actually looks better. I'll just pull that. Is that a full frame camera? Yeah, it's full frame. Okay. So my 50 millimeter lens actually looks better mm-hmm. and it has more of a blurred out background, mm-hmm. but I can't get as close to you. So with a 24 millimeter lens, I can get all of you from right here. Nice, okay. A 50 millimeter lens, I'll need to be... About right here. Just and for an 85 millimeter lens, I'll need to be like back here. Okay. But the 85 millimeter lens with the 1.8 is going to be sharper. Mm-hmm. This is this is a 2.8 lens, so it, it won't let as much light in, mm-hmm. and it's not as sharp at lower apertures. We're getting really technical, but basically, um, when I'm riding around on my bicycle. Mm-hmm. I can't have a 50 or an 85 on in normal situations because then I'll be over in the lane where the cars are. Makes so a lot of sense. Okay. If you're, um, and then trying to focus on whatever you're shooting, you're going to have to be a whole lot more precise mm-hmm. on where exactly you are. Cause if I do one little movement, I'll lose your whole face. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. What was that beat? I think it was, Oh, okay. Yeah, maybe this one again. That one's okay, right? <laughs> yes, beeping. I have one more battery on that one. Yes, we got... We, got we have all these cameras and stuff beeping. <laughs> like, what the hell's going on? Yeah. Um, yeah, so the wider the angle is also used for a lot of sports, uh, action sports. Mm. So skateboarding, uh, BMX, okay. stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Because um, the wider the angle... And especially the lower you are, mm-hmm. the bigger it makes things look. So picture a skateboarder going down some stairs. Mm-hmm. And if you have a wide-angle lens or a fisheye lens, which is a super wide-angle lens uh, with a lot of distortion, mm-hmm. it's going to make the stairs look bigger. It's going to make the jump look bigger. Now, thank you for hitting that right on the head, my guy, because growing up watching all those skating videos, you would always see the homie holding a camera down here, and I never understood that. Like he's riding right With by the big dude. lens. Yes. That's called a death lens, that's... which is a huge fisheye lens. Wow. Okay. And that's the reason. Why... That's so cool, Brian. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> it makes it look, it makes everything look bigger, basically. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So if he's jumping off a curb, it looks like he's jumping off like something twice as high. Mount yeah. Rushmore. <laughs> so I haven't even seen an A7C like in person just because nobody I know has had one. Mm-hmm. It's crazy the size difference between the like an R2 
because yeah. that's more video focused than that's mine. So cool. I took the grip yeah. off of mine for reference. Yeah, it's not. It's a lot wider. So, um, now are, um, are these the same cam or are these the same cameras? No, they're different. Okay. Same maker, just different models. Okay. His uh, is a little bit more video focused. It's better at shooting videos than mine's a little bit better at still images. It's still, that's so cool. So this is, this was designed primarily for photography. Mm -hmm. This was designed as an in-between. And then Sony also makes cameras that are designed primarily for video. Video, okay. So the reason I got this camera is because it's the cheapest full-frame camera that Sony makes now, mm -hmm. currently. Mm -hmm. And I know at some point I'm going to drop it. Or I'm going to fall on my bike. I know it's going to happen. I don't know when. Don't fix it. <laughs> if your cameras are expensive, please get insurance. Yeah. So I would like a more expensive lens. Mm -hmm. But more expensive lenses are bigger, heavier. And if I fall, they're going to cost me more out of my pocket to replace, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, sir. So I purposefully bought this. Um, this isn't the best lens Sony makes. It's mm -hmm. a $600 lens. Mm -hmm. um, you, you can get it cheaper with rebates and stuff. But I purposely bought this lens because I didn't want an ultra-wide. So this is considered a wide-angle. So there's okay. ultra-wide, wide-angle, um, like standard, okay. and then telephoto. Mm -hmm. So a uh, normal perspective with, uh, from the human eye, they say, is like 35 millimeter. Okay. 35 to 50. This is a 24, so it's a wide-angle lens. Hmm. So... Um, gets more of a in-depth picture in it. Yeah, so so I wanted to get back to your professional to your career basically. And so you obviously do more photography than video, right? Yeah. Because definitely. so we should have said this at the beginning, but I don't know Eric that well. I've ridden bikes with him, you know, handful four, of times we ran yeah, into each other or five times. That's so dope. Um but he's friends with a lot of my friends mm -hmm. and uh, I know you guys both ride fixed. Yeah. yeah. I did want to. Um, I did want to get into that too, bro. Um, just on just a light. I don't want to get too. Yeah, um, I don't want to get too into the bike game. But my guy, just right by the controller. Yeah. And um, I don't want to get too into the uh, bike game, man. But um, I just get really happy knowing that there's another person that kind of follows the same kind of standard that I do, bro. Um, I, I fell in love with fixed gears. I think the very first time that I've ever met Eric, I did meet you on the fixed gear, bro. Um, yeah. I seen you do the Keo spin. And after that, I was like, bro, <laughs> like that shit alone is hands down super dope to me. <laughs> My guy, I, um, why did you choose fixed gears over every other bike out there? So I started off like the typical kid with like the Walmart BMX bike, riding into school and back. Mm -hmm. And every time I'd ride back, I saw a group of teenagers well i was like i was a seventh grader at the time just getting into middle school mm -hmm. these guys were like seniors so i was like oh those guys are so cool they're sick mm -hmm. and i saw this dude going backwards on a fixed gear bike mm -hmm. and i was like holy shit i'll never be able to do that that guy is the shit like he is so cool All right and later on i told uh, my mom that i wanted one mm -hmm. i eventually got one for my birthday and i fell in love with it it was the sickest thing Dope. so like Growing up, I didn't. We didn't have a whole lot of money. Mm -hmm. You know, we didn't even have a car, so we were walking most places. Mm -hmm. Getting a bike was like my freedom. So I lived what maybe it was like a twelve mile ride from the beach. Mm -hmm. So I, me and my buddies, got a bike all around the same time. So we'd hop on the riverbed and go, pretty much the Arizona version of like the canals here. So we'd hop on there, ride all the way down to the beach mm -hmm. at like five in the morning. 
slam McDonald's with the like 10 bucks that we had and head back. And it was, it was so cool. Mm-hmm. Started watching all these like Macaframa videos, like the early fixed gear tricks. And I got super inspired by that. So I just pretty much adapted what I did into skating into that, which is like, I don't stop until I get it. And so I, yeah, I just kept doing it. So now I'm at that point where I'm trying to get it as consistently as I can to where I land it more times than I don't. Mm. I'm glad you mentioned that because, um, a lot of my old skater friends Mm -hmm. are in, um, the film and video world and, and also editing. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, all my friends are like either tattoo artists or like uh, in you know like in LA doing video and and That's photography so cool. work. It seems like, um, but you mentioned how we don't stop till we get the job done. That's mm. something you learn as a skateboarder, which you know. Yes, it's sir. like the weak ones get weeded out real early. Oh right? yeah, all those I've friends lost a whole lot of friends. Go, yeah, yeah. But the real ones stick with it. They're they're tough, right? Oh, We're right. tough and resilient. Mm-hmm. And we apply those principles in all of our careers. It's not just photography. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're right. It's like a lot of trial and error, and we stick with it until we get we get what we need. That's a good thing to – it's like a good trait to have, though. A lot of the, like, the dedicated skaters that I've met have gone on to live like really good professional lives mm-hmm. because they're really hardworking. They're really diligent, and it's just – these personality traits that we don't even realize we're bringing into our adult life from just being a kid, from throwing yourself off the same set of stairs for two hours until you get the trick right. That's so true. Because you'll sit there and do the same hard work as somebody else, but much better quality. Exactly. Because you hold yourself to a little bit of a higher standard. And then you learn discipline by the end of the day, uh, like by the end of all that, man. Because that's so true. Um, I think, Brian, but you're so right that there was... I can think about days now, bro, being a teenager and going home from the skate park, like, pissed. Like, just pissed. Like, I didn't get it right today, but I'm definitely going back tomorrow. But today was not the day. Yeah, Yeah, I've spent a lot of summers just getting beat up at the skate park all to the point where I don't even want to skate home. I'm walking my board in my hand, like, just absolutely could right and it's even worse when you're trying to film something <laughs> oh i'm i'm into my adult life right now if we go try to film a bike clip i'm trash i get like some kind of camera shy as ironic as it is mm-hmm. i just can't land anything under can't like under the pressure of a camera uh, even no, if it's my I buddy holding a phone up i'm posting stories it takes so long <laughs> to get these clips oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> like it's not all glitz and glamour like i got more video that's why i like to post videos of me falling because it happens more often than not like i don't want to post just me landing a bunch of bangers all day because that's not who i am like i eat shit i fall down it's part of what i do skating or biking but the trick that you do man like <laughs> specifically the keo spin that 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 like i seen my guy like eric i think from a scale from one to ten being on difficulty that's like a thousand on a difficulty and bro you get that down effortless like i've spent a lot of hours learning that shout out the late keo curry yes, i will never be able to repay him <laughs> for teaching me that that's like if you see the kids on the so big bikes the, the doing like the death spins, mm-hmm. like we hang their foot off that derived from the Keo spin. Uh, dumb. Okay. So they couldn't figure out a way to roll backwards and do it. So they roll forward and did it. That's so, okay. And w- it went back to fixed gears because we learned a thing called the big spin, which I still can't do. Mm-hmm. It's where you ride and you act like you're going to wheelie, but you end up rolling right backwards. It's the weirdest like Ooh. pump fake of a trick mm-hmm. ever. And I still want to learn it, but, um, it'll come in handy. One- <laughs> it'll come in handy one day. I'll, I'll eventually learn it, but yes, it's, it's, it was hard. I fell a lot of times, just ate a lot of shit doing it. Mm-hmm. 
And so I didn't even, I didn't get like hip to like the fixed gear history until I was a little bit later until I already knew the trick. Okay. And when Keo Curry died in about 20, I want to say it was like 2017, 2018, Mm -hmm. he passed away and everyone was posting his Instagram. I never knew what his Instagram was. Mm -hmm. And I clicked on his profile and I didn't realize he was following me. Like that the one, the love. one person that I owe it all to uh-huh. anything that I've accomplished through bikes, whatever it may be, mm-hmm. the one person I would have owed it to, I didn't even realize that he was like paying attention to me, which was like the biggest compliment. But I also felt, I felt it real heavy when I realized like, damn, I don't even follow this guy back. Like Bro, literal chills right now. <laughs> it was, it was really heavy. That's so dope. I owe that dude a lot. Shouts out to him, bro. Um, I first, um, when I was getting into fixed gears, he was one of the main people that pushed it. I seen a trailer, bro. I got my bike first. Uh, like I was like, I'm just gonna ride around for freedom. Like you know, like I'm just gonna enjoy this. And then out of nowhere, I see the trailer for To Live a Ride in L.A. Oh, and bro, man. and uh, there was some motherfucker on the highway. And then right after that, I seen Keo. I was like, I'm going to Venice. Bro, the, the same summer I was in Venice, met the guy. After that, bro, I was like, I like this is my calling. Like I have to do this, you know. <laughs> like, what year was this? Twenty twelve. Yeah, my guy. Twenty. I think I started riding in about twenty fourteen. Mm-hmm. So somewhere around there, you I were saw. In California. Yeah, I was part of like the second fixed gear wave. And then it died out, and I think it's. I don't think it's really come back as much. The big bikes are kind of taken over, like the 29ers, the Throne guys. Yes, Throne started out predominantly as a fixed gear brand. Like, they were only fixed gear. Mm-hmm. I don't know if anybody knows that. Anybody that's maybe recently got into it, but that was the way they started. Me and Throne have a little funny relationship. <laughs> I just recently got off their blocked list. Shout out to Throne. <laughs> shout out Throne. Shout out for you for getting me unblocked. <laughs> um, when I was when I was a teenager, I was like 17 and I started writing for Unknown. Mm-hmm. But it was always this big Throne versus Unknown kind of rivalry. Like there were competitor brands. Mm-hmm. One of them would copy the other one's style or like a straight up design of a frame or a part or something. Mm-hmm. And so we'd, I, it was kind of mostly me. I was a little shit when I was like 17. So I was like, oh yeah, we fucking had that in 2012. Like the, look at the fork design. Look at the like manufacturer. <laughs> I was like, look at the manufacturer date. Like we fucking had it way before. Yes, sir. Talking shit. And they ended up blocking me. <laughs> but ironically, that was like around the time I met Blockboy Fame when he was starting to get, starting to ride for Throne, mm-hmm. going from state bikes. Mm-hmm. And we became cool. I haven't talked to the guy in a lot of years. Mm-hmm. But I used to go to all the rides, and that was kind of where I built any little buzz that I have on, like, Instagram or whatever from those bikes. Mm-hmm. But I think I've been with Unknown the last five years, technically, because they sent me a bike most recently, a few months ago. Mm-hmm. It was, like, my first ride when I met you on yes. that new bike. Wow. That was, like, the, that was, like, the first time they had just sent it to me from Korea. And that shit was clean, bro. That I appreciate clean. you. You're talking about the, the current one, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Didn't you say it was like the only one in the country at that time or something? Bro, it's clean. Yeah, bro. yeah. Technically, it's the only one in the country. It's a unknown RSF. So, it's a full carbon track bike. But they don't. Okay, we got we to gotta cut the bike. Yeah, okay. <laughs> we got to cut the bikes. We're getting back this into bikes, Jamie. podcast. <laughs> no, but I wanted to mention, um, back to skateboarding and growing up, and a lot of us getting into photography, mm. that was rad that that you mentioned that I, I mean i already knew that you skated because i've seen you doing your 
360 bonuses and, and all shout that out stuff. Mike Vallely. <laughs> shout yeah. out to that man. Yes, sir. <laughs> now, bro, um, do you guys uh, now in this realm? Are you guys trying to go more digital, or are you guys still trying to keep the film? Like going? I said, I haven't I haven't done anything with film in over ten years. So, I would love to, but it's so expensive. So on my end, digital. I have to accept it whether I like it or not. It's the bread and butter of what of what's continuing to happen. That's why I'm just trying to go more video focused because no one appreciates stills anymore. Right. I do, but at the same time, you know, if, if I want to make a business out of it, it's not going to be what's beneficial to me. Mm-hmm. I have to move with the times. I have to adapt and move along with it. So that's why I want to go more video focused because since TikTok and everything, Instagram Reels came out, everybody's focused on an eight second clip that's going to keep your attention. Yes, sir. That's all they care about. Mm-hmm. But I do have a major respect for film photography and how difficult it is and everybody that came from that when there was nothing else available. Yes, sir. Before social media, before they cared about being the cool photographer, like when they really just wanted to capture their friends in a good time. Mm-hmm. So I have like an ultimate respect for that. So that's why I continue to shoot film and like build my collection of film cameras. Can you talk about your photography career? Like when did it blow up? And, and also Instagram, because I know you have, you have almost like 10,000 followers or something. So I made a <laughs> my Instagram is EVR gold. Um, but yeah, I'm at like 9,200 or something. And I, this was like only recently too, like a couple weeks ago, I was at 6,000. Cool. Oh, cause you have like a 2 million. So I, I, I do. I posted a video that got like 3 million views. So like a ton of people have been following me since then. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but even 6,000 is still, it's sick. so funny because when I was doing bikes, I was at 9,800 and some change mm-hmm. and I was getting ready to do a 10 K giveaway. This was all like a precursor to what's happening now. Because if you... What year was this? This was uh, 2018, 19. Okay. So, uh, like I, like you guys know, my Instagram name is Evergold. Mm-hmm. So, I have always had this idea of making a gold uh, bike. I have three colorways that exist for me from unknown that nobody knows about. Mm-hmm. There's a black and gold colorway that was going to be my signature bike when unknown dropped it mm-hmm. it was just going to be literally the evr gold but the relationship with unknown just they weren't as active on their end so it never got released as that it just got released as a current frame so there's a black and gold unknown out there that's technically my signature color mm-hmm. i created the pink unknown but it was so funny because i photoshopped my green bike pink mm-hmm. and then i was like yo let's pick this out of a color book and let's make it for real we did our production got delayed and throne dropped a pink bike with the same exact like tubage and <laughs> frame shape that we have right before us it was in just a, a shitty in a shittier color. Okay. <laughs> I don't I don't care like I love 40, love throne, whatever, shittier color. Mm-hmm. Our shade was better. But we dropped our pink bike and it was it went crazy. So like every pink unknown that you see out there has either been inside my car or been touched by my hands. Dope. Because there's only one warehouse in the US. Mm-hmm. So that was the cool thing and there's a pe- a teal and black unknown that got made. Mm-hmm. That was the secondary color from the the gold one that I thought of, but that happened. What was the original question? I got sidetracked. Oh, just your career, like oh, oh okay, okay. Everyone's okay. interested in numbers, so, also. So talk like about, about it so talk about your photography career, okay, and your numbers. I'll lead the then, bikes into that then. Mm-hmm. So I was at ninety eight hundred. I made this gold colorway, and I was getting ready to give one away. I was going to give away a complete bike when I hit ten k. Then I got overwhelmed with like photography stuff. I just do. I nerded out and dove real deep into it. And this was like 
2018? Late 2018, early 2019. So were you making money at photography before that? No, I didn't even... I was still filming handheld videos with my iPhone 6. Okay. Like, okay. Of just, like, the homies riding and everything, putting them on my YouTube. Mm -hmm. And then I decided, like, I want to go legit with this. Let me get a camera. So I picked up my first Sony A6000 around that time, which is about four or five years ago now. It's a crop sensor? Yeah. APS-C crop sensor camera. Picked it up for, like, 500 bucks. So very first camera. Started shooting photos. I would hit up all my friends, like, yo, let's go hang out. Let me take photos of you. Like, any and everybody. I just started building up photos. People were like, yo, you're really good. You have a great eye, which is like the biggest compliment to get as a photographer. Mm -hmm. Is to you hear shoot, that you have shooting a good eye. with a flash then? No, I was just shooting okay. all natural light as I've still been actually. I don't really use flash unless I'm doing like a wedding or something, but wow, good to know. But yeah, so all natural light shot that started slowly upgrading my camera. COVID happened. And then I've invested every stimulus check that I've gotten from the government back into my own business. Wow. So I've taken all that money. If it's gonna get, it's gonna come to me for free without working for it. I'm gonna put it back into make more money for me in the end. Message. I, yeah, people. I can't. I cannot justify just blowing it on like you know the way they say like the stimulus came and y'all chose crab legs. Like no. Yes, sir. Right. <laughs> Everyone uh, ordered to go food all that day. Yeah. <laughs> you went to Red Lobster and said, "Give me the lobster." For real, bro. And I like hands down, I commend that till the day I fucking die, bro. Because you turned that around and put that right back into your craft. There's nothing more no noble than that. So dope. So the moment I really knew I wanted to go as legit as I could with it was, um, I had an A7 II that I, it was, had a high shutter count. It was like equivalent to a car having some mileage on it. It wasn't that great. So I got here. Oh, no, 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 no. I still have my A6000. I moved to North Carolina for a little while. Things did not happen there well. I lived in Wilmington for two years. Really? I lived in uh, Laurenburg, wow. a little bit away from Fayetteville. But um, <laughs> basically, the way I got to Arizona was with $94, a camera bag with my A6000 in it, and a suitcase full of clothes. I was all at a couch to sleep on for my buddy Jonathan. Mm -hmm. so that was all I had when I got here. So right around that time, we got our last like $1,200 stimulus check, sold this camera, mm -hmm. put that with the $1,200, and bought an A7 II and a lens. Nice. So as soon as I got here, I joined all the Facebook groups, messaged every photographer in the area, messaged every model so in the area. So were you making money at this point? No. Okay. No, I'm still working for free because I'm reestablishing myself in a new state. Trying to get your name out yeah, there. I, what were you doing for work? Uh, I didn't work for two weeks when I got here, and then I got my job that I still have, which is at Chewy. So like, I got a promotion there, but I was working as a regular like warehouse employee at the time. So I was doing that and trying to build as big of a network as I could. So... That was happening, slowly building clients, like trying to get as much paid work as I could, just really just cold calling at that point. Mm -hmm. Then, honestly, bikes is what picked up everything for me out here. I had a buddy, Gabe, uh, hella US. He mm -hmm. lives, he used to live out in California with me. That's where we met and rode bikes. Mm -hmm. He moved to Arizona a few years back, and then I ended up moving out here. Okay. So we linked up again. He told me, hey, yo, come out. Like, there's these bike rides that happen out here. It'd be sick to get you back on a bike again. I was mm -hmm. like, hell yeah. Got out. I met Izzy and Forty. They liked me. Uh, Izzy ended up giving me a free bike. Dope. Like, literally as much of a steel frame as he could. I got that going. Mm -hmm. You know he's homies with Izzy, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so he gave me that. Shout, shout out, Izzy. Out. Shout out, Izzy. Big shout out, Izzy. Illis. <laughs> and uh, I got riding again. That got me to know more people. So photography picked up around that too. Then 
I reached back out to my old sponsor of Unknown. They sent me the bike that I currently have back out from Korea mm-hmm. with a contract for some new work too. And that's kind of where we're at right now with it. So like, photography for you is a side job. Yeah, pretty much. Just okay. because you can't, I haven't, for some reason, I thought it was your main source of income. No, I haven't applied myself enough. I probably could if I really do. I have a friend. I, I was in that same boat like 10 years ago. I'm just, I just cannot bring myself to sit in front of a screen all day and market myself. Mm-hmm. Like, Me too. Also. I, everything, everything I do has to be. And I have a good job. It's not great, but yeah, you know, I, can't yeah, I feel like I have a decent to... job for my age and where I am sitting right now currently, but I just. He wants to say now, something. like marketing in the aspect of like putting yourself out there and kind of showing your photos off to the world. Uh, in that, put, okay. Putting yourself in front of a new audience around new clientele. Okay. So I have a friend who she spent a few hundred dollars, maybe even a thousand bucks plus on Facebook ads. Okay. She put herself out there as a Scottsdale photographer, market herself to that demographic. Mm-hmm. And now she's booked out months in advance. Damn, that's she's, good to know. She's booked out months in advance. She made about that offline. She did like christmas family photo minis and made twenty thousand dollars in three months absolutely insane or two two and a half months something like that she made twenty thousand dollars in that short of a period of time Mm -hmm. as much as that sounds tempting i don't want to get burnt down on something i love that's why i took a break from thank you i love photography and that's why i never pursued it as i take breaks from what i do i took a break from bikes for three years i took a break from skateboarding for about three to four years Mm -hmm. and i set the camera down couple years ago for about a year mm-hmm. but i can't seem to get away from the camera i just love it too much I love that, man. and my interest in it honestly came from bikes mm-hmm. like everything is tied into each other which is weird like bikes skateboarding started for me skateboarding started bikes bikes started photography and everything else cool. when i was riding for unknown they wanted me to model all the new bikes and everything mm-hmm. else so videos photos they hired photographers to come out uh, one of the first people I started shooting with was my buddy Jonathan Nunez. Shout out him in LA, Jay Nunez Media. Um, me and him started shooting. He had an A6000, mm-hmm. which was the first camera that I got. So I got real interested in it. I was like, dude, that's sick. Like, let me play with your camera. Mm-hmm. Started taking photos, and I was, eventually got myself one. And then that just came full circle into what it is today. And it's cool sitting down with you, too, because we have all the same three interests. The same major yeah. three, at least. Skating, wow. biking, and photos. And photos. Now... It's cool that y'all don't want to, because I caught Brian. I, I just have a term for it. I call it selling out, you know, and like and and um and uh, yes, sir. And 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 I love people that don't sell out, you know, that just love the essence of the art rather than loving it for the currency that it brings in. Mm-hmm. And I think there's more of a love, and you can see the quality behind it when when the person's more in tune with their art, man. Because um, all these people, there's a lot of people that I see nowadays, bro. Um, they barely just caught a camera yesterday, and then they start posting like they are 100%. professional. <laughs> I cannot explain to you the amount of people that have got a Canon Rebel T5. I'm calling all of y'all out by camera name. And Rebel, LOL. Anyone who's had a Canon Rebel for a week and a half and said DM me for rates, I hate you so much. But there's a lot of people that get into all these hobbies for the yes, wrong sir. reasons. I've had skater friends who are like, dude, I just want to get sponsored, and like that'd be so sick. But that's 100%. all they care about. They, they, they'll get pissed off if they don't land their trick because they want to get a clip for the sponsor. Mm-hmm. Same thing with bikes. I had a kid. He's made a little name for himself now. I'm just going to keep the names out of it just for the sake of you know being anonymous. Mm-hmm. But he always used to be in my DMs like, hey, dude, how'd you get sponsored? Like, that'd be sick. That'd be cool. I love riding and all this and that. But he got into it for the wrong reasons. Mm-hmm. Sold out per se. And now a lot he's, of kids are like that. Nowadays. Yeah, now he's got a 
following. I could have done the same thing mm-hmm. if I would have shook a few hands that I didn't respect and made nice with a bunch of people that I didn't really stand behind. Exactly. I can't bring myself to do it. I just couldn't do it in person, so I'm not going to do it. That's, That's why there's fine. a group of people in the bike community that don't probably like me, mm-hmm. that think whatever they may think of me, but it's fine. No Everything I do is based around my happiness. And it's genuine. Yeah, I love what I do, and I'll step away from it if I, if I feel like it's for the wrong reason. I do want to say with photography and selling out. Um, oh my I, goodness gracious! I have a big problem with people who sell out. Don't get me wrong, yes, sir. but with photography specifically, just mm-hmm. because you want that to be your profession, I would. I don't necessarily consider that selling out, right? Yeah, it's like people who don't really love it is what you're talking about. Yeah, very very right. true, man. Uh-huh. Right, but I think there's a lot of people who love it like we do who don't want that to be their main source of income, either because they're scared. Mm-hmm. Or they don't want to sell out, stuff like that. So true. But there's a lot of professional photographers who really love what they do. Yeah. I, I would say the majority of them probably do. But that's what makes the greats. Yeah. That's what makes the, the Peter McKinnons and the, the, the Chris Howes and the you know Larry Chens of photography. They love, they thoroughly enjoy what they do. And you can tell that in people's work. You can tell that in the way so people skate, true. the way people ride their bike, and the way people shoot their photos. So true. You can tell how much passion they have into it versus someone who just wants to make money off of it. Mm-hmm. You can tell this overexposed, out of focus, just clapped out photo from somebody who's like, oh, yeah, yeah, they paid me 40 bucks for it. So, you know, I'm going to shoot it. I don't care. Mm-hmm. Versus someone who's like, I really love the way this photo came out. I love the way the light wraps around this table. Mm-hmm. And it's a beautiful image. Well, and they'll do a lot it for of, free um... just because they love the art so much. Mm-hmm. As far as like hiring a photographer, mm-hmm. it's kind of like a tattoo artist. You really need to do your your. Uh, I love that. Your history, yes, sir. Because, <laughs> because there's a lot of. I used to call them back in the day. I would call them Craigslist photographers. Uh huh. I know that's outdated. I know. I'm no, it's still in there. It's still in there. But you know, cameras are so good nowadays, and they have been for over ten years. That a lot of people got into it to make money. They didn't really yeah. love photography. They didn't really know what they were doing. Mm-hmm. They just know if they point and shoot this instrument, they're going to get a decent image and they can get a good amount of money for that, right? Yeah, they love the idea of charging somebody $100 an hour to shoot photos on auto. Exactly. Right. (laughs) And, bro, I see a lot of people, and thank you for saying Rebel because those were the major commercials that I used to see back in the days. (laughs) I see a lot of people just doing that. Bro, and putting it out, and it's their first day on Photoshop talking about, like, oh, everybody, it's so damn crazy, bro. Shouts out to that. Now, guys, before we do kind of um, end off our um, podcast, like, thank y'all so much. Where man. are we at? Uh, man, a whole hour and 20, okay. <laughs> hours of change. And you're usually at around... Well, well, 45, 30. Usually, a lot of your videos have been short. Oh my God. Yes, sir. And now, I haven't had any good guests on. Thank you for coming. 100 Eric, <laughs> Eric Evergold. Thank you. Eric, Let's get him to 10K. Yes, sir. Again. 10K. I just want the swipe up feature in my story. That's it. And just pull up. Yes, sir. I don't now, even know what that means. So, like, when you hit 10,000 followers, you can do a thing where you put a link in your story and they just swipe up to watch it. Oh. So, like, if I put a YouTube video up, they can just swipe up and instantly oh. start watching the video. That's all I want. Bro, that's a dope ass YouTube Also, <laughs> it used to be a link, period. Also, Only numbers. Certain people could have a yeah. link in there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, numbers on the internet aren't real. Don't base your self worth off them. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I love that. I've talked about that with Ali and his, um, uh, his hip hop friends who have 20,000 followers, but three views on each video. <laughs> 
Bro, followers shots fired. <laughs> I'm talking. I'm also talking to everybody who bought the verification badge. The, um, thank oh, you. God. That's my next thing to go. <laughs> Shouts out to everybody playing a fucking Netflix subscription for their check. <laughs> no, that's very true. Get your verification badge repoed if you don't pay. My God. <laughs> hope the debit card hits. So true. And I think, like, the, but the main thing that we are all touching on, bro, that I try to yell to everybody is just genuineness. Yep. You know, and nobody has that anymore, bro. Either you got 20K followers, but you get one like on your pictures, or you got 30 listens and, need, like, there's no comments under it. There, like, there's no genuine traction going on anymore. Mm-hmm. And so I do uh, truly do appreciate the people that are out there fighting for the good fight, just like y'all, bro. Because nowadays, everybody, bro, just like you said, is paying for their shit. I'm paying for my followers because I can. I'm paying for my plays because I can. But does that really serve my soul any justice by the end no. of the day? Mm-hmm. No, it just creates half-assed artists. Right. Bro, that's so right. And I think by the end of it, we all want that um, je ne sais quoi of uh, acknowledgement. Mm-hmm. And am I really getting that acknowledgement that's, with that fake shit? <laughs> that, that, no, that's all we're doing is purchasing our own validation. Yes, sir. We're making ourselves feel better by... Because, oh, I got 90,000 people that virtually think I'm something. Exactly. That way, when I introduce myself to this person in real life, I suck. But he sees a 90K in front of my name, so he's going to think I'm some kind of worthy. Um, of, yes, sir. Of that caliber, people. <laughs> Our guy's looking right back at you. But, yeah, it's, it's not worth anything if you're a shitty person. 100%. It goes with the spirit, and a lot of us can definitely tell by your spirit, ladies and gentlemen. And with that being said, bro, I am inside of a room with two great spirits, and I would love for you guys to drop your socials, man. And if you guys have any last words for the people out there, um, I hate being like that parent nowadays. We didn't talk about music. Bro, we did. <laughs> we always forget this. No, we don't always forget. You always ask about music. <laughs> Before we leave somewhere. <laughs> Let's talk about some quick, quick music. Now, hey, I got to shout out uh, the best album of 2023, I'm calling it. It's the Co-Defendants. By who? That's the name of the group. Okay. Co-Defendants. My guy. So, okay. So Fat Mike from No Effects. Mm-hmm. Obviously, think, one of the biggest groups in the world, yes, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Fat Mike from, uh, from No Effects teamed up with a couple very talented musicians. Mm-hmm. Um, Chesky, which is a hip-hop musician from Connecticut. Mm-hmm. And uh, Sam from Get Dead. So just co-defendants, check them out. They came, they played in Mesa. It was the best show I've ever seen in my entire life. Go check them out. Was that the show that you went to three weeks ago? Yeah. Right? Okay, that's yeah. dope. Okay. It's punk and hip-hop mixed together. What? Done right. That is where I need to be. Then. That's exactly where the fuck I need to be. <laughs> Ask him about his music. I gotta go to that. Yes, sir. Now, what time... Um, my guy, Eric, we always talk about one thing on this show, bro, and all of us ride bikes. So all of us mostly got our earphones in all the time that we do ride bikes. Mm-hmm. Now, which types of, uh, like, what is your playlist consisting of when you're on your bike or maybe off your bike too, bro? So it depends. I don't really listen to, to music when I ride anymore. I used to mm-hmm. when I would ride alone a lot just because I didn't have anything else to listen to. Right now, I want to be paying attention to traffic. Mm-hmm. Um, but I listen to a lot of weird shit. So it's like... It, Mostly hip hop, rap based, but uh-huh. it's just like artists that a lot of people don't really know about. Not trying to like a hipster, you don't know about it kind of thing. It's yes, just sir. Like a, I enjoy this person's music, mm-hmm. even though a lot of people may not. Yes, sir. So like I listen to a lot of Toby Lou. I listen to Joey Perp. Mm-hmm. Um, I like who Toby. Else? Let's, let's see who yes, else sir. Let me open up my Spotify real quick. And shouts out to. 
tell that man, um, I think the like the hipster generation is dying, but we're still out here. You know, another, tell the people we're still out. Another here. artist I really like that is really unrecognized is Code of the Friend. He makes really good music. I love his music. Uh-huh. I listen to a lot of Vince Staples too. Just that's mostly because I'm from Long Beach. But, I was just about know. to ask you that. Yes, sir. <laughs> uh, a little bit of Tyler. Mm-hmm. I used to listen to a lot of Earl Sweatshirt. Mm-hmm. Um, it's mostly a like a Mine. It's a, mi- a good mix of all that, pretty much. And those early 2010s, man, from uh, exactly where you grew up was a hot spot of hip hop, man. Mm-hmm. It was so beautiful, bro. Uh, starting arranging from Vince Staples because he's he's in my top 10. And Tyler, man, I'm the glad whole not golf. a lot of people would listen to Vince Staples, bro. For real, man. And the and like the classic Vince Staples, you know, like not- <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Summertime 06 type of hell can wait, like, yes, sir. Yeah. <laughs> The new stuff is good too, though. Like I haven't really seen Vince Staples miss. Like Ramona Park broke my heart. Was crazy. Yes, the Vince Staples album was crazy. Uh, Get back. I think that song I liked. Yeah, he's bro. he's one of the few artists, that, like in my eyes at least, that like he hasn't missed. One hundred percent, bro. And that guy's interviews are a one all the time. Oh I do God. see it, bro. <laughs> bro. His tweets are a one. Yes. If you're if you're on Twitter, please look at Vince Staples' Twitter. His his shit is ridiculous. That's what up. did he say last week? He said something about like the CIA dropped a crate full of pit bulls off in the hood. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it makes no sense, but it's perfect. Shouts out to Vince Staples. God damn it, bro. Have you ever heard of him, my guy? Uh, I gotta send you some. Uh, he's from Long Beach. I, I like. I really think that you'll like his style. Really dope, dude. Talking about hip hop. Yes, sir. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. And um, he mixed or back in the days. Um, uh, I just heard it in one of his interviews. Um, he like he was saying how techno started off in like you know um, urban communities like on the block and like a lot of people from the hood were making techno first. A lot of people don't know too. He's like really well versed on like the history of music and everything. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's so crazy. And it's and like even hearing him talk about that, bro. Yeah, you're so yeah. Right. Like he's he's smart as shit, but like nobody knows it, which is the best type of smart. Right. It's, it's just <laughs> like. You know, you never expect act that. dumb and be smart. Yes, sir. <laughs> I love that, my guy, <laughs> Mr. Brian. I want to say something before we wrap up. Yes, sir. Before I forget, sorry. Please. Um, we just skimmed the surface on photography. Mm-hmm. We didn't even really, we didn't even really talk about video. Yeah. So just like the bike community, there's mm-hmm. a lot of love there. There's a lot of support. If you have any questions, if you need help with anything, if you need to pick out a, a camera or lens, feel free to hit me up. That's yeah, thing. both of our DMs yeah. are open. I'm more than happy to give anybody advice on any of the topics that we're interested in because there's no point in gatekeeping. We, we got to do another one and talk more about video because we didn't even. I, I pulled my gimbal out when we were showing our equipment. We didn't even we dive into that, bro. Uh, yeah. Oh my god. About video, I'm like. We should have a whole video. So episode. socials at Tuesday's Turn. Mm-hmm. I'm on Instagram. I'm on YouTube at Tuesday's Turn. And uh, my kid just started posting on TikTok, so you're gonna find me on TikTok oh. soon. I can't yeah. wait. I already got the I already got the handle. It's at Tuesday's Turn. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my Instagram is EVR Gold. I have a YouTube channel that's kind of buried that nobody really knows about. It's Evergold Media. Same as same spell as my Instagram. Um, pretty much all my socials are the same. It's EVR Gold. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. No, not Facebook. Uh, TikTok, all that. I, I want to say something real quick. Yes, sir. That's really smart. A lot of people are making companies nowadays, mm-hmm. and they have uh, different names on different socials. Mm-hmm. If you Pull can, the same social yeah, account. If for you all can, mm-hmm. when you're starting out, 
try and get the same name and lock it down. Like I locked down my Tuesday's turn. Uh, okay. What did I just mention? Tuesday turn on TikTok. Exactly. Okay. I just I locked that down months ago, even mm-hmm. though I don't use it. I've never posted one. You can go there right now and you'll see. But I also got a Twitter, which mm-hmm. I've never used because you never know what you're going to do with your brand. Yeah, right? you never know. Exactly. Also try and get a Gmail that matches your YouTube. So crazy shit. I asked for my username. Mm-hmm. So I wanted Evergold, E-V-E-R Gold. Mm-hmm. That name was taken. So I DM'd that account and I was like, hey, dude, I really want this Which name. Which platform? Uh, Instagram, oh, wow. primarily. Yes. And I was like, yo, I'm willing to pay you for this username if you change it and let me get it. Mm-hmm. Never got a response. So I hit up E-V-E-R Gold mm-hmm. and they were like, I was like, yo, like, I really want this username. Can you change your name? And can I have, I really politely asked and they replied, they're like, yeah, I don't use this account at all. Go ahead and I'll change my name and you can have it. That is how long does it take before Instagram lets you do that? I think like a week. Oh wow. At the time time it might've been instantly. I don't know. So they have to must, they must have to delete their account though. No, they just change their username and then the app becomes available in a week. Yeah. Wow. I always thought it'd be like six months. No, and I hopped on it immediately. I thanked them so profusely and that's how I got my Instagram because I didn't want to have an underscore. I didn't want to have no dots in it. No, nothing. I just wanted to clean Evergold. That is sick. So one thing I've learned in my life, you never know what you can get by asking. Yeah. That's awesome. That's a nice way to leave off on that edge, man. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> that leads perfectly into Lomain's long ass Instagram. One hundred percent. That Fresh. doesn't match his YouTube or no. or his Snapchat. That he's Here we go. Performing. <laughs> right. I mean, uh, promoting. Exactly what Brian said. Follow exactly what he said. Do not follow on what I'm about to tell you because the Instagram is Fresh Prince of the underscore West on Instagram. Lomain1990 on Snapchat. I do need to change that, bro. Because I think back in our days, showing our birth year was so cool. But nowadays, like I'm just showing way too much of it. <laughs> I need to take that away. No, I was God. a freshman. Ooh. <laughs> At 1990, let's go! (laughs) I wasn't even in the balls yet. (laughs) (laughs) You were a thought. You were a thought. I wasn't even a glimmer guy. My guy. That's so dope. Strap up, kids. (laughs) Unless you're ready. That's what we leave you with, strap up. Strap up. Now, to everybody, allow me a parting gift. Drink your water, tip your bartender, and I'll see you later. Peace. (laughs) Let's go. (laughs) 